This is Sunday Focus, a weekly public affairs program that looks at the topics affecting our society and the people who are making a change in the community each and every day. The people who have vision for the next generation. Sunday Focus presents new challenges for us, keeping you informed with topics of local and regional interest. Now the host of Sunday Focus, Christine Manica. Good morning. Coming up on the program today, Jeff Turn sits down with Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Ted Aiken to talk about the return of summer in the Sioux Empire, new businesses, the new state veteran cemetery, crime rates in the city, and a possible second term. Plus, the representatives from Family Service Incorporated talk about the upcoming 5K walk and run happening Saturday, June 19th. All that and more coming up on Sunday Focus. Paul, welcome back into the show, man. And I always start by asking about the family. And I wonder, is your summer starting to stack up like mine? Because I was at T-Ball last night, soccer two weeks ago. We got some vacation plans. My kids have me super busy this summer. It's nuts, not only with all the activities, but uh, just all the cooped up, you know, event planning that's now just releasing into the community. There's events all over the place, which is awesome to see uh, in that was kind of the one nice benefit of the last year is we just got so much family time because there wasn't a lot to go to. So we hung out with our families and we were indoors. And now it's like people's cabin fever has taken over. and so much going on. So, yeah, we're uh, we're in busy mode, too, brother. You know, my kids, again, are 15, uh, 12 and 8. So right in the thick of life, but we're having a great time. Hey, man, love to hear that. I got to hang out with you at the uh, Paws to Celebrate event benefiting the Humane Society in April. And that was the first event that... I'd been to during the pandemic and, and coming out of it, it was awesome to see you talk about activities outdoors, uh, pools open in Sioux Falls. How great is it to see that? Oh man, this has been a labor of love to get these pools open, Jeff. I mean, um, glad they're open last year. Let's be honest. It just absolutely stunk not yeah. having our pools open. It was a, one of the most gut wrenching decisions I've ever had to make in this chair is, is making the decision not to open our pools for a variety of reasons. But because of that, Staffing, you know, staffing is, is, is short all around, whether you're McDonald's or Lowe's or city pools, but we have got the staff in place to open the pools. We still could use some more lifeguards. So if any of your listeners that, you know, have kids or if any of your listeners are kids, it's a great 16 to 18 year old job. Get a tan, work at our pools. Uh, we bumped up our pay another buck an hour this year to try and track some more. So pools are going to be open and uh, they already are nuts. So I'm expecting them to be absolutely packed. And with that, I, I wanted to piggyback off that conversation of reopening things because a year ago at this time, every single thing that you planned had to coincide with what was going on with COVID-19. The numbers significantly down, the numbers of vaccinations significantly up. And as we continue to get those numbers to go in those directions, how much on a daily basis, Paul, does, does COVID come into what you guys have to do from a planning aspect at this point? I would say at, at this point, Jeff, it's... Uh... It's an annoyance, but it's not a driver anymore. Um, the results of COVID are what's creating most of the chaos. And what I mean by that is the, the workforce challenges and, and kind of the economic opportunities that have really opened up in Sioux Falls as a result of the past year. Uh, we're just in such a boomtown mode right now with economic development. And honestly, just before I got on the call with you, I just emailed a company that they want to bring a couple hundred jobs here and, and, and forty-five dollars to $65,000 a year jobs. And they're asking what's the labor force like. And I'm having those discussions constantly. So it's less about the virus itself anymore. And it's more about 
the opportunities and still some of the challenges that have been created as a result of that. So in that example, my, my discussion with them has to be around, well, workforce is going to be your biggest challenge. Do we have people in this labor market right now to fill that many jobs, given all the other economic development wins we've had over the past several months with Amazon and CJ Foods and, and others? Uh, it's a it's it's a struggle kind of balancing that right now, but a lot of opportunities. So it's good. Sioux Falls is in a good, good spot right now. And when it comes to the workforce, is it a problem where you guys don't have enough warm bodies out there to go do it? Is it like the, the, the education part of it? Is it the folks getting back to work? Where do you see the biggest challenges there when you talk to business owners? Man, you know what? It's, those are all great points. And it's, it's all of those. But it's not just Sioux Falls. I mean, my, my family and I snuck away to Florida for a few days. Uh, right after school got out. So we're just back from there. And the the sign on the door used to be every every store had a no soliciting sign right. or no shirt, no shoes, no service. Now the sign is, please excuse or please have patience. We are short staffed. Wow. I mean, every business had that on their door. So that's Florida. We're South Dakota. Uh, I think part of it is people just trying to get back to normal. I think people are still getting some uh, some subsidies, I think, that are you know, making it a little bit harder for people to maybe get back to work. So I, I know some of those are starting to wind down, which I think is the right approach to be taking. Um, so it's a variety of things. But, you know, we have it, we still have the same amount of people in the market, Jeff. So it's like, why are we so short staffed? Because we still have the same amount of people we had a year and a half ago. In fact, we have more, but everybody is short. So we're, we're working on different development programs, wage, wage restructuring programs that some uh, organizations are doing to bump up their wages to get more people to come back to work. Paul Tenhaken with us here, mayor of Sioux Falls. Uh, if we ever experienced, I know thinking of the pandemic and what we what we had, it was something that none of us ever thought we'd have to do in our lifetime. But if something similar happened, whether it was a, another pandemic or something 50 years, 100 years, maybe 10 years down the road, whatever it is, how much more prepared do you think Sioux Falls would be after what you guys went through the last 18 months from a governmental standpoint? Well, we had to learn a lot. I mean, governments are not known for being real quick and <laughs> You learned that, didn't you, Paul, in your time as mayor, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, it's steering a battleship sometimes. And, and, you know, we learned how to work remote. We had to do online permitting for our, our building permits and so forth to keep that industry going. So we had to really get innovative and pivotal on a lot of different fronts in order to keep providing the services. You can't have a a wastewater guy just go work from home and you, you can't have some of our field techs just go work from home. You can't fill potholes from home. So we had to still figure out how do we deliver those services, not get our employees infected and still, you know, run the city effectively. So we learned so much this past year on how we can be more efficient, to be totally honest with you too, on, on things that we were doing. It's like, man, maybe we could do this remote. Maybe we could combine these two departments and do this better or do this differently. Uh, and so, I like to think of the last year as a, as a crash course, the year-long tuition that we paid on how to be more efficient delivering services and be more prepared for whatever future you know disasters may come our way. And from that, we have seen so many ramifications in regards to substance abuse, depression, things like that. I, I love the picture yesterday on your Twitter account for those that would like to follow the mayor at Paul Tenhaken on Twitter. Uh, but uh, the link is that Behavioral Substance Abuse Triage Center. You guys opened up the doors and uh, had the staff take a picture with you there. How much is that going to help out with some of those things post-pandemic and even some of the issues that we were dealing with pre-pandemic in regards to those things here in our community? Well, I, I would say right now in Sioux Falls and probably across our entire country, the, the, the mental health fragility uh, in this country is probably the highest it's ever been. I agree, last yeah. year has created a lot of issues in, in folks and exposed a lot of issues. And the link has been 
really a three-year labor of love since I took office to try and get this thing open. And when I say it's been a labor of love, we got a lot of partners in this, and it's messy work. When you say, hey, we want to put a mental health substance abuse, you know, addiction kind of care center right on the campus next to City Hall, it makes folks nervous, it makes me nervous, but we need it, and the community needs it. Call the link because people who are suffering from those addiction and mental health challenges can go there, can get triage and link to the appropriate care in our community. It may be going to an inpatient facility. It may be uh, medical care that they need. It may be an incarceration issue, depending on what the challenge is. But uh, instead of, you know, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And I think that's kind of how we treated uh, addiction and substance abuse in the past. This is a way to take a more kind of holistic approach and get people on the right path to recovery in our community. Hey, man, I love that you guys are doing that. And certainly uh, all the folks that are working there, we thank them for their work, man. It certainly uh, sometimes goes unthanked considering all the people that they ultimately help out. And uh, as you mentioned, we've seen it on countless levels uh, from sports to everyday society, the, the ramifications of the pandemic on the mental health stuff, uh, accompanied with what people were just dealing with prior to that as well. Uh, with the homelessness situation, are we doing enough to address that ongoing problem right now in Sioux Falls? You know, homelessness is a challenge we will always have. Ever, forever, right? People always think there's there's some forever. there's there's always going to be it, but to what extent? Yep. I think is the question. Yep. And as our community grows, that challenge continues to grow. So we, we're doing things in the community. We had a we got a veterans homeless uh, tiny home community that we just we were able to rezone to get the funding on. We'll be breaking ground on that to serve our homeless vet population. That's been a big big win in our community uh, on several levels. But, you know, the other thing that I think we're we're trying to do more of is expose the the homeless folks in our community with, you know, we just talked about all the job opportunities and all the employment opportunities. So how do we get them the skills and, and it, not necessarily the job skills, but the life skills mm-hmm. to get a job, to keep a job, to hold a job. And so places like the St. Francis House, they just toured there and their expansion and how they're, they're providing great transitional housing for people who go from Bishop Dudley to St. Francis. They got to hold the job. They got to put money in a savings account and then transition to their own place. We got good organizations that are doing that and helping get these folks out of a, a life of homelessness. But it's a it's a two way street too, and and for some folks it's a lifestyle they're choosing to live, uh, and that's that's their prerogative. But for those folks that want to make a difference and want to get out of that lifestyle, we continue to provide those resources that are available to allow them to do that. Speaking of the vets, man, how awesome is it to have that uh, veteran cemetery now on this side of the state so folks don't always have to go out to uh, near Sturgis uh, to to see their loved ones and, and celebrate their lives? It's incredible, man. We cut the ribbon on that thing on Memorial Day, which was, was obviously very symbolic. It was very neat to do that on Memorial Day. If you haven't gone out there, your listeners, you got to head out there and check that thing out. It's worth I mean, you will just feel more patriotic than you probably ever felt by going out to that place, uh, seeing the burial plots that the men and women who served our country uh, will be buried in. And uh, it just is a really great, great investment uh, for our veterans and uh, a great kind of patriotic project that is uh, it's just great for our community. So get out there and check that thing out. It's incredible. And the thing about it, too, when you drive by those places like you get the chills, man. I remember many times driving by the one out near Sturgis. And even recently with my family and my wife said the same thing, man. You just see the scene. You know what they did. You know what it meant to this country. And it is it is remarkable just to see. And then you drive in there and it's like on a different level of emotion. Uh, it's going to be great to have that celebration. And certainly uh, those uh, those folks to be able to celebrate their families 
here as well on this side of the state. Paul Tenhaken with us, mayor of Sioux Falls. Hey, are crime numbers up in our in our city? You know, you, you see the gun violence, and I think people wonder if everything in regards to crime is up. From your perspective, where are we at with that? You know, last year was a high crime year. Uh, 2020 was a rough year. Uh, we had a record number of homicides in 2020. We had a record number of domestic assaults in 2020. 2021 now, as we enter June, uh, you know, knock on wood, we haven't had a homicide yet this year. You know, we're, we're in month six. Uh, it's incredible. And so crime numbers have really kind of tapered off, really, the, 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 so far in 2021, which is a great sign. But now we're getting into the summer months. Summer months usually equal our higher crime months. So are we higher or lower? We're probably about average right now. 2020 was a higher crime year, but uh, right now we're in a good position. The men and women who serve our city and our PD continue to do an incredible job. Uh, we're recruiting officers on the daily. You know, it's, it's a tough time. It's a tough climate to get people to want to serve in law enforcement. But we have a culture in Sioux Falls of, of excellence in our PD. Uh, they, they're trained properly. They do great work in the community. Uh, and so we continue to equip them, empower them to, to take care of crime in our community. Uh, and so thus far this year, uh, I'm pretty pleased and pretty happy with uh, where our crime numbers have been and, and the work that our men and women are doing to keep it that way. What does law enforcement tell you about their feelings on combating that gun violence? Like, is there suggestions that they have for the community at large? Is there things that, yeah. that maybe long term we can look at? Because Clearly, man, that stuff isn't going to go away either. And and like you said, at least for this part of, of the year, it hasn't turned in, or to this point of the year, hasn't turned into homicides. And it's something, you know, I'm 36 now with kids. When I was 25, gun violence didn't really, you know, be something that, that popped onto my mind as much. You worry about your kids more as you have them. So so what would, what would law enforcement yeah. suggest we do? You know, we, uh, at my state of the city address, we announced a youth violent crime kind of initiative where we want to start looking at some of the youth violent crime issues that are bubbling up in our school systems and in our community. Some of our toughest criminals in this community, to be honest, are youth, are, you know, 16, 17 to 21, 22 year olds. And so we're going to start to try to better understand what's driving that, some of the gang activity that we're starting to see bubbling up. I think if we can get to those kids, even at an earlier age, that will be a long-term fix to some, some gun violence that you see. And so that's an area I'm really focused in. I've always been focused on kids and youth. And so I want to make sure that we're looking at what, what youth crime is occurring, because that a lot of times will drive some of that gun activity that we see in the community. Man, I'm going to use an analogy here, but it's on the flip side. You know, Big Tobacco always targeted youth because they knew they'd be lifelong cigarette smokers. I think it's a great philosophy. The earlier you teach kids about what can happen from gun violence, what the ramifications can be in their life, and ultimately other paths to go when they're upset, man, it can be a lifelong tool that can help them a long, long time. I love the approach there. Paul Tenhaken with us, Mayor of Sioux Falls. All right, let's jump to Amazon. I live in Hartford, so I drive by every single day, man, to that huge facility. What should people realize about the Amazon edition that that maybe they don't in regards to what it means for this area? Well, <clears throat> Amazon um, brings with it what, what we call the tail of the comet in economic development. So Amazon's the comet, and there's a whole tail that follows it. So when an Amazon fulfillment center, 3 million square feet, comes to your community and brings that many jobs, that's somewhat of a, a stamp of approval on a community, that the community is strong, the community can support the jobs, the community is welcoming. So other businesses, other organizations uh, start to look at Sioux Falls that maybe hadn't looked at Sioux Falls before. Uh, and so people are always asking me about Whole Foods and the Trader Joe's and when are we going to get some of these other opportunities? Well, those are much more real discussions now 
because of, of an Amazon fulfillment center. So in addition to the jobs and obviously the economic development that those jobs will create, there's other spin-off economic development that happens as a result of kind of the, the Amazon effect, as they call it, in a city. That's great. And then you see the, the list that comes out last week, and I saw you tweeting about it. I saw our governor, Christy Nome tweeting about it. Uh, number one for young professionals here in Sioux Falls. Well done, man. That's awesome to see. You know, that's a, a great list to be on. That's from Wallet Hub, which is a, a reputable kind of list curation company. And they look at the job availability, the cost of living, the opportunities to volunteer for young people, uh, all these all these things. And then they rate the best cities for young professionals. And Sioux Falls is on the list with Austin, Texas, and with Boulder, Colorado, and with you know all these uh, larger communities for the most part. And we're number one. And it's something that I've always known that this is a great place for young people. And in fact, when I talk to young people a lot of times, I say, hey, don't move when you graduate here. You think the grass is green or somewhere else. This is a great community to start your career and to grow your career and ultimately to, to sustain and raise a family. And a lot of times you see that play out when, when young people move back here. You know, they went somewhere and then they realized, man, this is a pretty great place. It's great to be by my family. And if I can just get through November to February, <laughs> yeah, weather, yeah. this is a great place to be. That's so. right, man. Plan your vacations in those months, man. Enjoy South Dakota and the others. Uh, you mentioned to me uh, in another conversation that with the continued filling up of the industrial park that, uh, you know, there's some other ideas in regards to what other parks we can do in a technology park with something you brought up. Is that gaining traction? Is that something you see in the future? Yeah, currently the Forward Sioux Falls campaign, we're trying to raise about $15 million to the Forward Sioux Falls campaign for the next five years. And, and I won't get into what that is, but essentially there's going to be some dollars dedicated to that to start to do due diligence on a potential cyber or IT park in this community. You know, we have with Dakota State University, uh, and physically we're, we're located in the access we have to School of Mines and other engineers. This is a great place for cybersecurity companies to locate, have a satellite offices. Uh, 5G, obviously, we're one of the first mid-market municipalities to have an active 5G network. So a lot of things have come together to make us attractive for cyber and IT. So that's going to be something we're going to be pushing and pursuing in the next several years, because I think that has the potential to be one of our next big industries here in Sioux Falls. Paul Tenhagen with us, Mayor of Sioux Falls. I'll let you end with this. Uh, you, the floor is yours. I mean, tell Sioux Falls, man, the future of the next six months, uh, what you see as far as um, the future of this city. What I see uh, right now is this going to be an incredibly busy, uh, hectic, but exciting year. I mean, housing is a huge challenge because of all the people moving here. Um, the economy is booming. Uh, events are happening. Everything's open. So uh, patience, you know, in the community is important. Uh, we're going through a little bit of a growth spur right now. And when you, sometimes you outgrow your clothes when you grow and you have to get new ones, and that takes some time. Uh, but it's an exciting time in Sioux Falls. I think we've weathered the past year as well as we could have and really just looking forward to what lies ahead. I mean, by the way, when do you have to let us know if you're going to run for mayor again? Soon, my brother. Soon. I got It's hard to get a lot done in four years, and that's what I always say. It's like four years sounds like a long time. There's uh, more work to be done, and I would say uh, this, this summer I'll, I'll be making a formal decision on that. But uh, I got more work to do. Suffering from fear, depression, anxiety, or loneliness? If so, there's hope. The power of prayer can transform your life. At Direct Line Prayer Center, we're here to walk beside you and take your issues of life to the Giver of Life. Our prayer team is ready to pray for you in person, by telephone, or via email. 
To learn more, check us out at directlinesd.org or call 605-274-9274. When approaching a highway construction zone, slow down. I am Trooper Devon Clark of the South Dakota Highway Patrol. Always slow down to at least the posted speed limit when going through a construction zone. That way you can protect those working on the highways and you can be prepared to stop if necessary. And slowing down in construction zones can also save you money because speeding fines are doubled in work zones. Help everybody stay safe. Welcome back to Sunday Focus. I am being joined by Kyron Wallmeyer and also Sarah Schaffner. They both work for the Family Service Incorporated here in Sioux Falls. Kyron, she is the outreach coordinator and Sarah is the director. So welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. It's nice to have two people in the studio. You don't have that every day now nowadays. So before we get started on why you guys are here, tell us about yourselves and the organization. Okay, so my name is Sarah Schaffner, and I'm the director. And Family Service is a local nonprofit mental health clinic located right here in Sioux Falls. But we also um, service the whole Sioux Empire area, all the counties and communities around us. Oh, that's awesome. So what kind of services do you guys provide? So we provide mental health counseling, um, and that's on an individual basis. That can be a families um, or with couples. And then we also do some other things. We are an EAP provider, and we also do some critical incident stress management with um, law enforcement and the fire department here. Yeah, you know, mental health, it's so important to talk about. It's one of those conversations that people are scared to talk about, if that makes sense, but it's one of those conversations that need to be had. So, especially during COVID, how critical have your services been during this pandemic? Oh, they've been super critical. I mean, with the isolation is probably the biggest part that we've seen. So, people who maybe go through life and haven't ever experienced what it's like to have a mental illness um, have definitely got a dose of what it's like to be isolated and mm-hmm. how those depression symptoms or those anxiety symptoms can definitely set in. And not only with isolation, but just the fear of um, COVID. Yeah, absolutely. How did you guys adjust to the new normal, so to speak? It's hard not to talk about how organizations adjusted given the situation. So how did you guys handle this pandemic? So yeah, we just had a roll with it. We were open the entire pandemic. So oh, we wow. just, um, you know, as uh, therapists, we we're really good at meeting clients where they are. So we had clients that never stopped coming in. They always came in. Um, and then we had those that just weren't comfortable coming in. So then we switched to offering telehealth sessions, which we had not done prior yeah. to the pandemic. So I, I would say for the most part, our office offered a hybrid what of options. Prob- yeah. I was going to say, what was probably <laughs> the most difficult part of this pandemic? Any sort of like learning curves you never thought that you would have to do? I think um, maybe for me personally, just navigating my own fears with the pandemic and then helping other people walk that path. So in just having it be so widespread, like normally when somebody comes in, it's just an individual issue or family issue that you're dealing with, but to have the entire world dealing with the same issue, that was, that was definitely a learning experience for all of us. Did you feel like you can relate more to your clients because of that feeling of being isolated from everyone? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We were all on the same page with that. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So the entire reason why you guys are here, we're going to talk about the 5k walk and run with family service here. And it's, and it is to create that conversation about mental health and mental health awareness. In fact, the slogan for this run is creating mental health awareness one step at a time. I love 
love that. <laughs> Who came up with this idea for the run? Is there sort of a story behind it? Um, I think it's actually something that's been in the works for the last couple of years where like we wanted to do a run, we wanted to um, create this mental health awareness, but then we have a staff, Benson Langat, yeah. kind of famous in the running community here. <laughs> oh, I've heard of him a few times. <laughs> right? And so when you have a staff like that come on, it just like, that's a natural transition. Like, okay, it's time. <laughs> so this is the first like ever run for this. Yes. Holy cow. <laughs> right? How exciting is that for you guys? <laughs> yeah. Well, my name's Kyron and I am the outreach coordinator so my job is connect these services yeah. to the community and that's where we started this run we really hit the ground running on trying to advertise that to our community so that they know um, this is a great opportunity to work on both your physical health and your mental health which I guess many people don't really think of it in that way where mm -hmm. your mental health is just as important as your physical health and you need to practice on it so do you guys have any sort of personal connections with the idea of this run when it did get brought up into conversation or is it just something where you thought like well you just said Kyron mental health and physical health kind of go hand in hand yeah I would say that was probably the biggest part is yeah. like we just wanted to tie the two to help normalize mental health this is something we all have to work on it's not just specific populations. Tell us more about the walk and run. It's happening on Saturday, June 19th, right here in Sioux Falls. What can you tell us about the time, where, the route, anything like that? Yeah, so the race will begin at Faywick Park, downtown Sioux Falls, and we're going to have in-person registration at 7 a.m. in case you didn't sign up online beforehand. We will also have a race kickoff at 7.45 with Benson kicking that off, and we'll have music and announcements, and then we'll be starting at 8 a.m. with both the 5K and the one mile, with probably ending around 11 a.m. with a big group picture at the end. And the route is to be determined on June Ooh. 9th. So we have to meet the city first, and then we will I'm release our route on June 9th, <laughs> but it'll be around Faywick Park. All right, awesome. So what can the runners and walkers expect just to get a feel of the downtown area and just kind of do a little city sightseeing, I guess you could say, while they're doing it? <laughs> For sure. That's why we wanted to locate it near the downtown area. So there's plenty of things to do afterwards and a lot of activities for everyone. Otherwise, we'll be making announcements about why mental health is important on the announcements. And we will be including mental health information in our race packets yeah. that all of our participants will receive. I just imagine it just being this lighthearted yeah. fun event. You'll get there, register, the music will be playing. The path is going to be along the bike path. And so nice. the river's downtown, so it'll be nice scenery, nice view, fun people. And then, of course, afterwards, you're already downtown and your options are Might as well make a whole right? day out of it, right? right? <laughs> what about for the people who aren't running or walking? Are they going to have like a little cheering section like around the route or is there going to be like some music for them to dance to while they're waiting? Well, we hope that the runners that sign up bring their families um, and bring support to cheer them on as well. But even if they don't, we'll be there and we'll have people along the race routes to encourage those people that are running or walking. Awesome. If you are just listening, Kyron and Sarah, they they are both with Family Service Incorporated here in Sioux Falls are with me in the studio. So why should people participate in this walk and run? Where is the money going towards? So the really awesome part is that every registration to this race will provide counseling for somebody in our community. That's the person, that's your coworker, your friend, the one you didn't know is struggling. Everybody who registers helps somebody receive counseling. 
What do you hope people get out of this event? Maybe it's a better understanding of someone who deals with mental health. I think awareness is the biggest piece mm-hmm. that we hope to get out of this. Obviously, you'll get a little exercise as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's not a bad but, thing. <laughs> right. But just, just bringing more awareness and increasing people's understanding of what mental health is. And it's okay to struggle. It's okay to need help. And it's also okay to help other people who may be struggling. All right. Awesome. For more information about the upcoming 5K walk run with Family Service Incorporated, where can people go to learn more? Yeah, definitely. You can check out all of our social media. Just search Family Service Inc. Our Facebook is Family Service IN, and that's where you're going to find the event page for the 5K. What about a phone number in case people actually need your services? Absolutely. 605-336-1974. All right. Awesome. Kygren and Sarah with Family Service Incorporated in Sioux Falls. Thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. All right. We'll be back. With so many myths about the COVID-19 vaccine, it's important to know the facts. Every COVID-19 vaccine goes through rigorous testing to show that it's safe and effective for patients. Similar to the flu shot, the most common side effects of the COVID-19 vaccines are injection site pain, soreness, and swelling. These side effects show that a vaccine is working and your body is building an immune response. Get vaccinated to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Learn more about the COVID-19 vaccines at SanfordHealth.org. I'm Christine Manica, and you've been listening to Sunday Focus. I'd like to thank Sioux Falls Mayor Paul Ted Haken and the representatives from Family Service Incorporated for joining the program today. Sunday Focus is a public affairs program of Results Radio, Town Square Media, Sioux Falls.